Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast. This is Andrea Samadhi. This interview will be broadcast on YouTube as well as the regular podcast channel. So be sure to look for the YouTube link in the show notes if you'd like to view the video. Today, I want to welcome our special guest, Chloe Amon. If you follow Tana and Dr. Daniel Amon's work on the Brain Warriors Way podcast, she doesn't need an introduction. For the past couple of weeks, she's actually been speaking about the soon-to-be-released book that was written by Dr. Daniel Amen, and he draws on his experience as a neuroscientist and psychiatrist, as well as the latest brain science, to help you study more effectively, learn faster, and understand how your brain works to optimize results. And this is whether we're talking about academic results or in the boardroom. So with an understanding of our brain, there's so much to learn. And Chloe and her cousin Alize are major contributors to this book, offering modern day strategies that students and adults will relate to. Coming September 17th, you can pre-order it now on Amazon. I've got my copy, Change Your Brain, Change Your Grades. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I wanna give a little bit more of a background so people can see the vast experience that you've had. Growing up with my parents, um, obviously I have, background on um, neuroscience, um, psychiatry. I hear it all day long, every day. Um, But when um, my dad brought up this idea of the book, Change Your Brain, Change Your Grades, and he was talking about it. It's actually a book that he had written um, a long time ago, and he kind of just changed the title a little bit. But he wrote it, I think it was, I don't know, in the 80s or something like that. Um, When he was in um, med school and he was going through, um, you know, having to figure out how to get through and study and time management. Um, and he said, he brought it to me and he said, I really want to rewrite this book because obviously it's not up to date with modern, you know, technology and all that. And so I read the first copy, I read through it, um, in the original and I was like, wow, okay, there's a lot that needs to be updated here. Cause we have, you know, Google now we don't have to go to the, you know, library and get a dictionary. But I saw the opportunity and the idea, and I was like, this could be really cool. So we kind of together just went through, and my cousin Alize, we went through, and we read all the tips he had previously had and just sort of added things based on both of, you know, what we do um, and our study habits. So I just thought it was a really cool idea, and um, I was like, I just want to share what I do and kind of my study tips and and things like that for school that have gotten me through um, successfully. So yeah, so far. (laughs) Yeah, incredible. So even before your involvement with this book, I saw you in Brain Thrive by 25. And that was probably one of the most thorough courses I've ever taken. And that was two years ago, I took this course. So am I right to say you were 13 when you filmed? I was 13, if not had just been turning 13. Yeah, something like that. That's powerful. So the biggest lesson I took from that course was that as a girl, our brains haven't fully developed until we're 25 and 28 for boys. Mm -hmm. So as a 13 year old, how has that affected your decision making as a young adult? Well, um, my household and my family, we, um, or I've kind of been raised on that idea that you have to protect your brain. Um, you have to protect your body and you have to protect your brain because you're not fully developed yet. And the reason why you need good parents <laughs> is because 
um, we are not developed yet and I'm not developed yet. And our decision-making skills are not, not fully there yet. They're not, we don't have the ability to make, um, you know, thoughtful decisions sometimes. So that's why we need, you know, adults there by our side helping us through because, you know, growing up, it's like, you want to do something. Your parents are like, no, I don't think that's a good idea because it's not safe. My parents were always great about explaining, look, we're doing this for you because, and we're saying no, because we have more experience than you and you're not fully developed yet. So it's our job to kind of protect you in that way. But it has affected me a lot with, with school and, um, just day-to-day life knowing that because there are certain obstacles that, you know, as a teenager, getting around those obstacles is harder than if you are an adult. So you have to figure out strategies to make things easier for you. And that's a big lesson that I've learned with this book is figuring out strategies that make my life easier as a teenager. Absolutely. That's, that's huge. So as your life as a teenager and as an adult, that's exactly what I do. How can you make my life easier? So I, I just wish I had this at 15. (laughs) this is this is incredible and I'm excited for you to get this book out there me too (laughs) so let's let's talk more about this book change your brain change your grades that's not just for students it also has tips like we just talked about that's applicable for anyone Um, even you know thinking about how to ask for things that you want like you want to get a raise at work how how you have the confidence to ask for the things you want can you give more of a background of where you see this going, um, where you see the, the book going to help others? Right. Um, okay. So when we first kind of, when we finished the book, we got to reread it again. And with the tips that Alizé and I wrote, it was like a totally changed thing. The book was completely changed. It was totally updated. And I kind of just sat there going, dang, like I wish that I had a book like this um, through middle school and through the beginning of high school, I'm going into my junior year and I've kind of had to figure out, I mean, I've, I've read books. I'm that type of person. I read self-help books and all that, but, um, I have read books about study tips, but this book is just fully loaded with amazing information, um, study tips. And like you said, not even just for students, um, you know, for jobs and just how to carry yourself as a, you know, professionally and make, and and be more intelligent and make thoughtful decisions. This book is just loaded with everything you would need. It's like, it's like an instruction manual and every chapter, um, just kind of hits key points that I think every person and every student needs to have and has encountered in their, you know, high school education, high school, middle school, or even college education and so on. Um, and it, and it hits every key point and gives you tips. And I was just like, I wish that I had this when I first, you know, started middle school, it just really would have helped. So I see this book, um, going out there and really helping a lot of, a lot of students. And that would be, um, my hope for it. So Absolutely. And I've just heard Alize's piece this morning on the yeah. Great Word podcast yeah. that hits on something else that's big in school. So there's so much more than, right. than I even realize as I'm getting to learn because I don't have the copy yet. So when it comes to yeah. me, I'll, I'll read it. But yeah. there's so much in here that I'm learning as you're releasing more and more about it that yeah. 
school's need. So it, it would be a great book for the classroom, for educators, for parents. Um, right. Touching on what a lot of kids are going through. You know, you've got your side with, with the academics that we're going to talk about today. And then Alize touches on what a lot of kids are going through with early childhood traumas. Right. It's huge in the schools. And a lot of uh, educators and counselors are being educated on that avenue. So mm -hmm. the, the way that you um, partner the two of you in here is incredible. It's, it's exactly what's needed. Yeah. It hits just kind of two different perspectives and different tips that can be added into the book. So I think absolutely. Well, when it comes to study habits, so this is, I know your strength, uh, organization, productivity and results. There's a knack for finding the right balance that I know that you figured out. Mm -hmm. Can you explain the three brain types? Because I know what your brain type is. My brain type. Um, I have an anxious and overactive brain type. Um, there are brain types who are a little more sleepy. Um, so it can be harder to focus um, and study for long periods of time. Um, so my, my brain type sometimes actually can make it, people think, oh, she's really organized and she overthinks things. So she has to get her studying done out of the way, like way ahead of time. But it can be challenging too. It can make things hard as well because the overthinking and the anxiety can sometimes get in the way of success. Um, you know, I had really bad test anxiety for a long time. I actually just got over the, this past year and every now and then it still kind of, you know, hits me. But I've had to learn my own strategies before going into a test, during test, after the test to kind of um, prepare myself and relieve some of that anxiety. Um, but when it comes to organization too, like my desk, yeah, I'm sitting at my desk right now, everything kind of has to always be in order. I um, mean, it was that way with school as well, which can make things challenging too because of the overthinking. But I've learned how to um, use that to my advantage. I've learned how to use what I was given with organization skills and with, you know, wanting to do everything ahead of time. I've used that to my advantage and learned how to kind of balance it out, balance out the anxiety, but use that to boost my success rather than to hold me back. And I think that everyone can do that no matter what their brain type is. So you have a little bit more of a sleepy brain. You're not quite as organized, tend to procrastinate. You can figure out how to use the things, use your natural tendencies to your advantage and figure out, you know, good study skills. If you are like one of those people who stays up super late and sleeps in late on the weekends and has to study for a test, you can figure out what the best time is to study, even if that's, you know, 12 in the morning. There are no rules. You know, it's just about figuring out what works for you and what makes you successful. So I think that there, the key thing is that there is no one way. I think we should, you know, not follow one path and everyone can figure out the things that will make them successful that they already have, the skills they already have. And that is why I love this book as well. Um, I know I'm kind of going on a rant now, <laughs> but I kind of, I love this book because that's, it really touches on that. It touches on the fact that you, not everyone studies the same and it hits every different, like the, all the different study types and the different brain types and how to use that to your advantage. Absolutely. And you mentioned in the beginning that you had anxiety before tests and you had to learn strategies. I'm just curious what they were because I've got a 
an eight-year-old daughter that has anxiety and we've been working on star breathing you know just breathing yeah. breathing out what what did you use for anxiety before? so you mentioned a big one right there so even the even small things like the your breathing before you go into a test you know taking big deep long um, breaths I usually take three big breaths before I start a test and when I start to feel anxiety I'll stop for a second and do the same thing take three big breaths that really helps me and you know I mentioned this in my uh, in the podcast um, with on um, brain warriors way but a big thing for me and it just seems so simple but it's it's really big for me is using a line it's just a test or no matter what it is it's just and then fill in the blank even though it could be a really important test, like this could be major just saying that to yourself allows your brain just a minute to like oh this isn't the end of the world I'm not gonna you know fail school I'm not gonna you know it just gives your brain that connection that it's just a test this isn't you know absolutely life-threatening this isn't crucial because your your body you start to build on that anxiety and you make it bigger than it is you make it you know you build it in your mind and saying it's just a test that just relieves some of the pressure and clears your mind so that's just a couple tips that i have i'm sure i have so many more but um yeah a lot yeah. of those are in the book too. <laughs> absolutely well yeah. moving on to some of the other things that i've heard you say um, I remember one of my mentors talking about the fact that the fear of public speaking is America's biggest phobia and yeah. it comes before death. That's at number five. So people would rather die than not make a fool of themselves. <laughs> so what tips do you have for public speaking with the brain in mind and also why practice is so important before a presentation that you're going to have to do? Right. Um, so that was kind of hard for me at first too. I've done... I'm a part of several different um, volunteer groups, organizations, things at my city hall. So I've had to learn how to, you know, figure out public speaking and presentations in front of not only large groups of people, but large groups of people who are professionals. And I'm, you know, just a teenager. So that can be really intimidating. So I kind of learned um, my tips to figure out confidence is a really big thing because even if you're not feeling confident in that moment in yourself, just taking on the mindset of being confident, just saying, I've got this. I know this. I'm good at this. Just like telling yourself that your brain starts to believe it and you feel more confident. And Body language is a big thing. So like I said, even if you're not feeling it inside, you're not feeling confident, if you walk out with that body language, it's it's interesting. Your your brain starts to adapt to your body language. And it's like, oh, okay. So she's just walking out there like, you know, super confident and, um, you know, is is um, kind of just taking her, taking her time and, and just being stable, stable on your feet, if that makes any sense. Your brain starts to adapt to that and it makes it feel better. Um, so with the, the brain in mind, that's kind of um, what I would add to that as far as public speaking goes. Um, but the same thing, it's just a speech. It's just a presentation. It's not the end of the world. And all of these people sitting here are here to see me. Their ears are open. 
you know, they're listening to me. And what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? That's one that my dad always asked me before big presentations. What is the worst thing? So if that did happen, what would happen after that? And you don't want to think about the worst thing happening. But once you do, when you open up that door, it's almost like, oh, like that's not that bad. So people, so people might laugh or they might, you know, but at the end of the day, is that, is that gonna be traumatizing? Probably not. So just kind of like little tips like that have really helped me. Um, and there's a lot more of that in the book too, but, um, yeah. So that's kind of my, my piece on public speaking, but. <laughs> and something can always go wrong, right? Uh, something you can, can always go through. wrong. Right, right. If you practice beforehand, you're, you're in a better place because some, something tech-wise always goes wrong. Some mic isn't working. And you're right. That's just a part of it. So then you're prepared and not flustered when those types of things happen. Right, right. <laughs> so moving on to a big one that, that's uh, one of my highest values, it's nutrition. And I know that it plays a huge role in determining student success in the classroom as well as in the boardroom. And I know it's a huge part of your parents' Brain Warriors Way podcast, and it's probably a huge part of your household. Mm -hmm. Can you give some tips on how you began to implement healthy nutrition? So I know when parents tell their kids, you know, you got to eat the broccoli, it's not going to happen as a teenager, you know, and as my kids are getting older, I can't hide it and things anymore. Like I could when, when they were kids. So can you talk about how you handle this as a teen when your friends might be choosing less healthy options? How do you stay healthy knowing that that's important for your success? Well, especially as a teenager, this one can be really hard (laughs) because my friends, you know, it's like fast food, fast food, lunchtime, fast food. But and it's just junk, like sugar and junk all the time. But um, and I'm not perfect. I'm a teenager. So every now and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to do this. But what I like to really be conscious of and be aware of is how I feel afterwards. Because if you're really aware of it and you go, why am I feeling so bad today? Why am I feeling groggy? Why can't I focus? And then I go, oh, well, it was probably, you know, that cupcake I had yesterday or that ice cream I had yesterday. So just being aware of that really helps. Um, because a lot of the time kids will go, what? Okay. My food is not affecting how I study. They, they just don't think about that. But if you actually even write it down, like I ate this yesterday and this is how I feel today, you'll probably see a connection. I certainly did. Um, so staying away from that kind of stuff or, you know, kind of having the self-control to, to avoid that when I know that I should, if I have a big test coming up. Um, it's same thing. I mean, this is like my famous line. It's just, you know, food. It's just Chick-fil-A. It's just ice cream. What's going to matter more later? That's the other question that I always ask myself, what is going to matter more later? Getting an A on that test and feeling good about myself or having this momentary, you know, happiness and feeling really bad later. Um, so it's just kind of self-regulating all the time and being conscious and being aware of it, but also not depriving yourself. So that's one thing, um, with my mom, she's written so many cookbooks, but that's one line she always uses, um, is that there's just no need for deprivation and eating healthy is not deprivation. That's the one thing people sometimes, you know, mistake. 
Yeah. There are so many healthy options that you can replace other things with. Um, so, you know, like there are gluten-free, sugar-free brownies that we make in our house all the time. If we just want a little something, there are just always things that you can do and figure out the things that you like. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, when you want something, it's like, oh, nope, I'm going back to that one thing that I said I could have. So that you're not just telling yourself no all the time, because that's just going to make you feel deprived and want it more. So that's kind of for me, because especially as a teenager, tell a teenager, no, what are they going to do? They're going to turn around and do it anyways. Exactly. So I haven't had to learn that with myself. <laughs> I'm just waiting for these years. My kids aren't there yet, but I'm just waiting. Yeah. To yeah. <laughs> figure it out. Right. And so moving on to a, another topic that I know is huge these days, it's social media. Mm-hmm. It's emerging as a means of communication for the past 22 years. And the first way that I remember communicating online was with AOL Messenger, and that was 22 years ago, a little bit before you were born. But the world is so different now with technology and social media. How has not taking things personally helped you at age 15 to stay focused on your academics and away from the drama that accompanies social media? Right. So this one is is probably the toughest question because it's, it's really hard. Social media is just one of those things you tell yourself, I'm not going to let it get to me or just ignore the people, you know, ignore the negativity, but that can get really hard because it gets into your head, you know? And so, I mean, what I've really had to learn is, especially when I was in traditional school, because I'm not anymore. Um, I do online homeschooling, but when I was in traditional school, that was probably the hardest thing because everything when you show up at school is, oh, did you hear about this person? Did you hear about that person? It's all over social media and that can get really distracting. So honestly, sometimes the, it's the hard truth, but sometimes it's just removing yourself from for a little while, taking yourself out of it. And it, it's not even sometimes that it's actually literally helping but psychologically logging out of your social media so that every time you want to click on it, you have to log back in. Mm-hmm. I did this. The reason why I say this is because I did this last week. My friend and I both did it together and we just wanted to try it. So we logged out of our Instagram so that every time we had the, it's almost like a, like you, you can't even help it. You just click on it sometimes okay. without even realizing click on Instagram to go on it. Yeah. And you're, you don't even realize you're doing it. But now every time I click on it, my login screen pops up and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like my password. I know I'm doing something. I feel like I'm doing something wrong if I log in now because we're doing this thing. So it, it, that helps if there, you got a big test coming up, just seriously, just sign out mm-hmm. and that, that will really help. Or if you're going, just having anxiety about social media, but if you are going to be on social media, start to fill your feed with positive stuff. So start consciously following positive accounts and unfollowing negative accounts. And it will change, it will change your social media. It will change your page. So that's what I've done too. I've started following, you know, positive quotes. So I get one every day, that kind of stuff. Right. I just avoid negativity kind of, um, on social media, just unfollow, you know, (laughs) That's a great tip of living with it because it's there. I don't really know the solution. It's there. We can't avoid it all the time. So Right. Yeah. Right. Excellent. Well, do you have any final thoughts or tips about the book that you think we might have missed that you think is important? Hmm. Well, the book. 
I am just so excited for this book to come out because of all of the, it's just loaded with so many good tips. And I'm just so excited about every, every different chapter. Like I said, it just hits on key points and it's got some, you know, for teenagers, it needed to be, um, the, the initial copy. One thing that was kind of missing was like for teenagers was that little bit of like humor and like lightheartedness because teenagers getting them to sit down and open a book that's just like, that they feel like is another textbook. They do that all day long at school. They're not gonna wanna do it. Um, so it really has like a fun, lighthearted side to it and just some really good tips that are practical. So it doesn't say things like stay off of social media completely. It has really good tips. Like when you're studying for a test, just log off or you know replace it with other things. So it's just got a lot of great tips like that. And it's just a fun book to read. I had a, a I enjoyed writing it and I enjoyed reading it when it was done. So that's kind of, all I really have to add about it, but yeah, just keep a lookout for it. It's going to be really good. <laughs> well, I'm excited to get my copy and I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your Monday today, Chloe. I know it includes schoolwork for you as well as all the other activities that you're doing. I think you're brilliant beyond your years and I wish I had an understanding of the brain and life that you have at 15. I think you're going to go far and it's going to be fun watching you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, well, we'll keep following you and promote the book and best of luck. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.